Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. He is risen. What a powerful statement that is. When you hear the statement, He is risen, what does that do inside of you? Does that stir an emotion? Does that stir an excitement? I challenge you for the next few moments, I'm going to be processing through that statement, He is risen. We're going to look today at how that applies to our lives and what kind of change is offered to us today. Now, I want to thank you for being with us today for our service, Easter Sunday morning. It wasn't quite the Easter Sunday morning that we were expecting. We thought we'd be gathering together once again at the uh, Performing Arts Center at the high school and having a grand time and a wonderful time together. But here we are in the midst of social isolation and COVID-19. But I want you to know that, that God wasn't surprised. God wasn't thrown off. God isn't um, concerned about today because he has everything in his hands. Why? Because he is risen. As you're watching today, let us know that you're watching. If you hear something that really stirs inside of you, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us a, a heart, give us something, some sort of response so that we know that you're with us today. This is Easter Sunday. This is the day that, that we celebrate the fact that our perfect sacrifice, Jesus, did not stay in the grave, but he conquered death, hell, and the grave for you and for me. Something incredible happened that day. I want you to listen to the words of Matthew in Matthew chapter 28. It says, early on Sunday morning, or the first day of the week, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear as they saw him and fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Now there's so much in this section of scripture that I wish that we had time to really dissect this morning. We're going to look in bits and pieces of it for a few moments but let me share with you first where we have been as Encounter Church over the last several months. We have found ourselves surrounded with the truth that Jesus is our hope. 
no matter what we face in life, Jesus still offers hope to every single one of us. In fact, that word hope, that's the word of the year for the year 2020 for Encounter Church. Now, interestingly enough, if you're tuning in for the very first time today, let me share this with you. This wasn't a word that we came up with over the last several weeks. This is a word that God gave us in the fall of 2019, far, be, uh, far before we knew that we'd be facing COVID-19, far before we knew that we'd have social isolation, far before we knew that we would not be able to join together in body on Easter Sunday morning, God told us that our word for the year was going to be the word hope. We've spent the last several weeks, beginning in January and February, looking at the fact that God offers hope in the midst of darkness. Even when life is not fair, even when things don't go the way we expect them to go, through it all, we have a God-given hope that is available to every single one of us today. And now is the time, listen carefully, now is the time to step up and accept the hope that lies before us. We are now in a series, in fact, today we're concluding a series that we're simply calling Our Risen Hope. We've discovered that we are not alone in this time of isolation, but God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us, despite the struggle that we face. Now today, Easter Sunday morning, I want to look at the fact that Jesus didn't stay in the grave. In fact, he rose from the grave. The Bible says early the first day of the week, something began to happen. You see, on Friday, we, we had Good Friday. That's, that's the time when Jesus died on the cross and his body, his lifeless body was placed in the tomb. There were those around the cross that day that, that celebrated in that moment because that was their goal to eliminate Jesus. There were those that felt hopeless and lost because Jesus was gone. You see, everything changed. But Jesus had told us that he wouldn't stay in the grave. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. In fact, that's exactly what he did. Now, this week of Jesus' death was absolutely a crazy week. Starting the week last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday. That's the time when Jesus entered Jerusalem and the people were all around with their palm branches and they're waving them in the air shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the week begins to go on and we have, we have the time when Jesus shares communion or the Last Supper with his disciples. In fact, we're going to share communion together at the conclusion of this service. Then we see one of the disciples betrayed Jesus. The disciples and Jesus go to the garden, begin to pray, and many of the disciples are falling asleep, and Jesus is asking them, can't you even stay awake for an hour and pray? Jesus tells another disciple that you will soon deny that you even know me. And that disciple says, you know what, even if I have to die, I, I won't deny you, yet that's exactly 
what he did. We saw the trial. We saw Peter's denial, the beatings, the mockings, the cross, the crown of thorns, the crucifixion, and ultimate death occurred. It's amazing to me how in one week's time we can go from celebrating in the streets, waving palm branches, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And now, just a few days later on Friday, crying out, crucify him. Crucify him. And I began to think of that week and the transition that occurred from Sunday through Friday. And and I began to think, really, isn't that what happens on a regular basis in our culture, in our society? In one moment, we're shouting out, would you please pray? I'm struggling in this situation. Would you pray that God will step in? Or, God, we praise you, we thank you, Lord, that that you made a way where it seems impossible. And then, in the next moment, God is no longer needed. I would challenge you, in and through COVID-19, don't just come and connect with God, but allow that connection to continue When all of this is behind us. Allow that connection to be more than just a a momentary response. Allow that connection to be more than just a, a plea for help. But truly make a connection with the one who gave his all for you on the cross of Calvary. Remove the lid of limitation that we've allowed to come between us and God. Open up your hearts. Open up your life this season. Open up your life this Easter Sunday. Let God, let Jesus rise within you. He is risen. What does that mean for you? Does that change anything that you're doing in your life? Does that cause an emotional stir to take place inside of you today? See, I'm so glad that our story did not end on Friday. I'm so glad as a Christian, as a follower of Christ that all of this didn't conclude with the crucifixion. You see, if it had ended with Jesus in the grave, if it had ended with it is finished, our hope would really be gone. Our story would be over. There would be no hope. But praise God. It didn't in there. But early the first day of the week, the Bible said, suddenly something began to happen. He is risen. Jesus rose from the grave for you. Jesus changed the course of humanity. Jesus changed the course of my life. Jesus changed the possibility for you in that moment. As he rose from the grave. Now I want to take a few moments today. And I want to look at this idea of 
He is risen. You see, it could, if you allow it, make a huge change, a ultimate change in your life. But notice I said it could. It's not a guarantee unless we remove the limitations and give ourselves to Him. We're going to come back to that in just a little bit. I want to share with you four effects to Jesus's resurrection. Now, I challenge you today, follow along, take really good notes. Notes can be found in the YouVersion app. Just search in the events for Encounter Church Sedalia. You can find all the notes right there. But let's look at four effects of Jesus's resurrection. Number one is this. Our distractions will lose the battle. Because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary, our distractions are no longer paramount in our life. Our distractions no longer have an authority in our lives, but our distractions will lose the battle. I want you to understand something today. Satan, our enemy, the adversary, is very crafty. He is really good at throwing distractions of all sorts and all kinds into our path. Maybe for you today, it's money issues. Maybe you're struggling to buy your next meal. Maybe you're struggling to pay your mortgage payment or your rent. Maybe you're struggling just putting money or gas in the car. Maybe you have family issues today or car issues Maybe you're struggling physically in your body. You've, you've uh, received COVID-19. You're, you're ill now with the coronavirus. Or maybe another health condition has taken over your body and you're really struggling there. Maybe it's a, a job issue or lack thereof. The list goes on and on. The distractions that the enemy puts along our path oftentimes can be life-deafening and life-altering. They can cause a blockade to occur in us. But I want you to hear what 1 Peter has to say. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I want you to know that Satan doesn't like it when you begin to move toward Jesus. Satan doesn't like it when you remove that lid of limitations off your life. But I also know this, the Bible tells me that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So the enemy, the adversary, the devil, the one that's roaring around and roaming around looking for somebody to devour is toothless compared to the glory of of God. There's nothing he can do to conquer you because, be, because Jesus rose from the grave, because he is risen, our distractions will lose the battle. Now, imagine with me for a moment all the distractions that were around the cross that day. There were many people that were shouting hate toward Jesus. You had the hope of many others that was crushed. Some were, for a moment, misled by false truth or fake news, if you would. People spreading lies about Jesus. And in our society today, we face many distractions. 
they get our attention off of Jesus. Many are consumed by social media. We're consumed by fear mongers. We're consumed by the threat of sickness or even death. We're overwhelmed with loneliness, the scarcity of food, chaos of life, uncertainty about tomorrow. Yet in the midst of all of this, Jesus wants to bring assurance into your life. Jesus wants to remove the distractions. Why? Because he's already won the battle on your behalf. The Bible says that the battle is not ours. The battle is his But the victory is ours. In fact, overwhelming victory is yours today. How do you receive that overwhelming victory? It's through the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. Remember, he is risen. You see, in the midst of all the distractions, God is still at work. Jesus didn't stay in the grave. The Bible says that early the first day of the week, something happened. Something happened in the heavenlies. The earth began to shake and something took place. Look at this, Matthew 28, verse 2 through 6. Suddenly, I love that word. See, oftentimes when you're seeing God perform a miracle in somebody's life, when God steps in, you see the word Suddenly or instantly or in that moment, God stepped in. I love when God steps in to our situations. You see, in this moment, there was mourning going on. Sorrow had taken the hearts of the people. Fear had stricken them. Jesus was dead. Jesus was in the tomb. All hope seemed lost. Where would they now turn? What would they now do? Distractions overwhelmed them. But the Bible says suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. You see, if you will turn your attention away from the distractions, the Bible says, rid yourself of anything that so easily trips you up or slows you down. In other words, turn your attention, turn your gaze upon Jesus. If you will turn to Jesus, if you will turn to the solution, you will find that he is risen. These three little words, they changed everything. He is risen. Because of the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, 
our distractions will lose the battle, but secondly, our validation will change its source. Our validation will change its source. Now, I'm reminded on the day of crucifixion, Jesus wasn't the only one crucified that day. You see, there was a criminal on either side of him. Two men, both deserving punishment, both deserving death for, the, for what they had done. It's what they had earned. Yet in this moment, they approach Jesus in the exact opposite way. Take a look at this. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 43 says this. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God? Even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man has done nothing wrong wrong he hasn't done anything wrong then he looked to jesus and he made this statement jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus assured him i assure you today you will be with me in paradise two criminals both deserving the punishment that they were facing. Yet one thief imitated the mockery of the religious leaders of the day, simply looking for the validation of the crowd. No doubt he had spent much of his life in disappointments, never really able to please those around him, going from this crowd to that crowd, looking for someone that would simply accept him or approve of his life. Now here he is, facing death. And once again, he turns to the crowd for validation. Maybe that's where you are today. Looking to the crowd for validation. Looking for someone, anyone, to accept you. To simply allow you to be a part of what they're doing. Yet this man, this thief, he sought validation of the wrong crowd. Again, maybe that's you this Easter Sunday looking for acceptance, looking for love. Yet each and every time, you're let down again and again. But I want you to know there's, a, there's another criminal, there's another thief hanging on the cross beside Jesus. Comes from the same environment comes from the same background, perhaps even the same crowd. Maybe he's even gone to the same crowds looking for validation before, but in this moment, in this day, 
he looks for validation from the right place. This man, this criminal, this thief. In the moments of facing death, he sidesteps the life that he's always known. He bypasses the fear of the crowd's ridicule. And he turns his trust to a dying king. In a moment, Jesus steps in. Jesus brought about a, a validation that this criminal had never found before. In the face of death, in the last moments of his life, as he turned his gaze toward Jesus, as he put all his hope and all his trust in Jesus, Jesus takes him in that moment and changes his eternity. He looked at Jesus and he said, Today, will you remember me when you come into your Father's kingdom? Jesus looks back at him and he says, today, you will be with me in paradise. In other words, the grace of Jesus changed in an instant what this man's life had destroyed. He didn't deserve grace. The Bible says because of our sin, we deserve death. That's what he was facing. He didn't earn grace. There was nothing he could do to convince Jesus that he deserved it because he didn't. He deserved death. He deserved the cross. But Jesus, in this moment, changed everything. Jesus willfully saved his soul from an eternity in hell. I want you to know that Jesus wants to do the same for you today. I challenge you to stop looking for acceptance in this world. Stop looking for validation in situations or even in people. But turn to the only one that can change everything for you. Turn to the one that rose from the grave. Turn to Jesus. Why? Because he is risen. Let those three words change everything in your life. Let those three words calm your anxiety. Let those three words bring about peace. Let those three words bring about hope. Let them change your perspective. Let them change the source of your validation today. The Bible tells me that in Jesus, we are a new creation. You don't have to allow your old lifestyle to define you any longer. This criminal, this thief, as he stepped into eternity, as he stepped into paradise, his old lifestyle no longer defined him. But because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary, everything changed. I want you to know that if it was just you today, Jesus would have given his life. 
If it was just you today, Jesus would have paid the same price on the cross of Calvary. Would you stop today looking for validation at the things around you and turn to Jesus? The third effect that I see because Jesus is risen is this. Our fear will be replaced with hope. Our fear will be replaced with hope. If you remember the story of the crucifixion, the Bible says that in a moment around noon, the sky turned black. Darkness covered the area around the cross. Yet people continued to cry out, Crucify Him! Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood close by, no doubt consumed with fear what would happen next who would they come after once jesus is gone sorrow and fear running through her veins what a journey we have seen mary take the first time that we see mary in the gospel of john is at the wedding of cana participating in a celebration, an exciting moment, yet now she's preparing for a funeral. Fear, grief, sorrow has overwhelmed her. All hope seems gone, but even in the midst of agony and pain, Jesus reaches in and he brings about hope to the ones that he loves. And I want you to know that Jesus sees you in your midst of hopelessness. Jesus sees you in the midst of fear. Jesus sees you in your sorrow today. He hears your cry. He sees your tears. But while hanging on the cross of Calvary, he looked down and there was his mother. Perhaps he could see the fear and the anguish and agony in her eyes. Perhaps a tear streamed down her face. But in that moment, Jesus begins to bring hope back to this broken soul. Jesus assures Mary of his love for her by giving to her his choice disciple as an adopted son. The Bible says in John chapter 19, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Fear reigned in her heart. But Jesus stepped in. Today, fear may reign in your heart, but I want you to know that everything can change because Jesus has risen. He is risen. Jesus changed it all for you, these three Simple words, if applied to your life, can change everything. Look at our fourth effect today. Our failures 
will become insignificant. Because Jesus rose from the grave, our failures no longer have to define us. We no longer have to repeat the foolishness of days gone by. But because He is risen, our failures will become insignificant. I want to remind you, the night of the Last Supper, Jesus is hanging out with the disciples and we see, G, or we see Peter, one of Jesus, the disciple, one of the inner three. I believe he's one of his best friends because he always names him as one of the first. Peter, James, and John were with him. And Peter, James, and John did that. So here is Peter, one of the inner three. He fails miserably. Now, if you remember, Jesus told Peter that he would, in fact, that he would deny that he knows Jesus. Yet Peter replied, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Have you ever made a claim to Jesus? Have you ever made a promise like that? I will never do that again. I'm never going to look at that again. I'm never going to say that again. I'm never going to go there again. I'm not going to have that thought anymore. That's it. And then you find yourself like Peter. You fail. And for you, that failure becomes very significant. Maybe you think back to that moment, man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I, I messed up. I told Jesus I wouldn't do it. Yet here we see Peter, one of the inner three, does exactly that. He's following, the Bible says, at a distance after Jesus' arrest. And then Peter is amongst the crowd, warming himself around the fire. Three times he is confronted and people ask him, aren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of his followers? And three times Peter cries out, I don't even know the guy. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who he is. After the third time, something that I believe is soul-shaking takes place. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. C could you imagine? I, I want you to think about this moment just for a second. Here Peter is around the crowd, the fire's going on in the fire pit, and everyone's talking, and they've asked him, do you know Jesus? And three times he says, I don't even know him. And the third time he's blatant about it, I don't know him, I swear to you. That moment the rooster crows, and Peter turns, and it makes eye contact with Jesus. Could you imagine how Peter's heart sunk in that moment? The Bible says, suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You will deny three times that you even know me. The Bible says, and Peter left the courtyard 
weeping bitterly. Peter was crushed. Peter felt as if he had let Jesus down. He had turned his back on his best friend. But how many of you know that Jesus has a way of bringing us back around if we will just let him? Now, Peter's change from insignificant to significant came after the resurrection when Jesus appeared to seven of the disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Let let me read to you what's happening here. The Bible says in John chapter 21, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And I wish that I had the time to really break this apart today, but I want you to really let this sink in. He says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. Let me ask you a question. How many times did Peter deny that he knew who Jesus was? Three. Yeah, three times in the courtyard around the crowd, Peter said, I don't even know the guy. And now in this moment, after the resurrection, here they are on the shoreline eating breakfast. Jesus looks at Peter and he asks him, do you love me? How many times did he ask him that question? Three, three times. I don't think that it was a mistake or coincidence that both events had three times. I believe that Jesus saw the depth of Peter's heartfelt failure and looked in that moment to mend every piece that was broken. You see, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, if Jesus had not risen from the grave, Peter's failure would have forever defined him. But we soon see in Acts chapter 2, after the day of Pentecost has occurred and the Holy Spirit falls among them, this once failure, this once significant failure in life changes. Peter steps up and is used mightily for the kingdom of God. This man that could not even share that he knew who Jesus was to a teenage girl has a moment of Jesus putting the pieces back together on the shoreline over breakfast. And now, on the day of Pentecost, is filled with the Holy Spirit, he steps out, he begins to share what Jesus has done, and the Bible says that thousands came to know the Lord that day. So I would say to you 
today. Because Jesus rose from the grave, your failure will become insignificant. Don't allow your failure to define you. Give it to Jesus today. Let these three words, He is risen. Let them change everything in your life today. Now we know what these words do to us, but what should our response be? I want to share with you quickly two responses. Number one, turn your life to Jesus. Because He has risen, I challenge you, turn your life to Jesus. Now please note that every one of these, each and every one of these effects is contingent upon an action on our behalf. Each requires us to step in in order for the resolution to come to pass. Now, don't misunderstand me. We're not saved by our own actions. There's nothing you can do to deserve the grace of God. There's nothing that you can do on your own to deserve salvation. It's freely given. What we deserve is what the criminal that was scoffing or mocking Jesus received, and that's death. For the wages of sin is death. That's separation from God for all eternity. That's what we deserve. But because He is risen, everything changes. Jesus gave us a way. Take a look at this. Our distractions will lose the battle. How? When we turn our lives to Jesus, when we turn ourselves over to Him, our validation will change its source. How? When we turn ourselves to Jesus, our fear will be be replaced with hope. How? When we turn ourselves to Jesus, our failures will become insignificant. How? When we turn ourselves to Jesus. There was a soldier standing in the crowd that day. And in Mark chapter 15, we hear his response to the crucifixion. It says, when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. When we turn ourselves to Jesus, everything changes. Since Jesus is risen from the grave, all other pursuits in life become secondary. It's only Jesus. He's risen. We have hope. We have a new focus. We have no reason to fear. Our hope is alive because He is risen. Our first response is eternal life to Jesus. Our second is this, begin to share the hope that Jesus offers. Now remember, the angels, after, the angel after he declared that Jesus is not here, he is risen, he looks to Mary and the other Marys and he says this, and now go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. That challenge, 
The challenge that Mary and the other ladies received that day is the same challenge that I lay upon you today. Don't allow this Easter message to fade away in the darkness. Don't allow it to be gone tomorrow morning. But allow it to stir something inside of your heart to the point that you cannot help but tell everyone what Jesus has done. He is risen. He's removed the distractions. He's become our validation. He replaced our fear with hope. He takes our failures and refuses to allow them to define us any longer. He gives us opportunity to become brand new to Him. Today, will you give your life to Jesus? Will you allow these three little words, it is finished, to not only change your moment, your present, but allow it to change your eternity. See, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, today's your day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Now is your moment. Now is your opportunity to come to know Christ. If you haven't given yourself to Him, I want you to know that He loves you. He's standing at the doorway of your heart. He's knocking on that door, desiring to come in to be a part of your life, to change everything for you. I want to pray a simple little prayer. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful, He's just, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In other words, to take away all the things that separate us from the Father, but move us into a place of right standing before Him. Again, it's not something you can do on your own. But because He is risen, Jesus made a way for you. If you haven't given your life to Christ, or maybe you need to return to Him today, there is no greater day but today to come back to Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with me here? Dear God, I ask right now that you will forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me for my failures. Forgive me for the wrong that I've done. I admit I've tried it on my own. It doesn't work. But Lord, I know that you paid the ultimate price. You died on the cross of Calvary. I'm so grateful today you didn't stay in the tomb but you rose from the grave 
I believe, God, that you rose for me to offer me forgiveness, to offer me hope, to offer me a future. I give myself to you right now. Take me as I am. Forgive me and make me brand new. Thank you, Lord. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.